You're listening to St. Pius X Catholic Church in Lafayette, Louisiana. Thank you for joining us. I hope everyone is enjoying their holiday weekend. I know that the world is celebrating Labor Day this weekend. Um, I'm celebrating Labor Day too, I guess, but as I mentioned last week, for me, the real holiday is the full slate of college football and my and the fun that comes back. I watched the games probably a little too late last night to have the early mass. Uh, but we do celebrate Labor Day this weekend. And last weekend, uh, in our series on uh, discipleship, I had spoken about the virtue of contentment, of being content. And we ended the homily with a story about a lady who was an aunt of a priest who I heard preach a homily on a Labor Day. And so the priest was describing his aunt and she was a school teacher. And what she would do is on Memorial Day, school was out. This is back when summer and school, you know, summer began, school ended on Memorial Day and then Labor Day, it would pick up. But at the end of school, she would go and she would work as a maid or a housekeeper at one of the resorts at a place near where she lived, New Jersey. And so she would do that and someone asked her one time, you know, why uh, are you doing that? You make enough money, it's such a noble profession to be a teacher, you're well educated, you know, and the implication was why are you demeaning yourself by going and being a housekeeper? And her reply was, there is no such thing as a bad job, only a job badly done. And so I think in reflecting on that and we move into Labor Day, I think it's good for us to maybe reflect on labor or work in the economy of salvation. Economy of salvation simply means how does it fit into our spiritual life? How does it fit into our salvation? and how we should look at it. Because the world today and this weekend will focus more on the dignity of the laborer and laborer has kind of changed throughout time, but we really as Christians focus on salvation and we do celebrate the works that God has given to us and the work he has done. But we need to have the proper disposition and right attitude towards it in order to have the contentment that the woman I just described had. She was perfectly fine and doing what she was doing, we can wonder, okay, why? And so in order to understand work and the economy of salvation, we have to go all the way back to the beginning, all the way back to the beginning when God created the world and everything was good, right? Over and over and over again in Genesis, God saw what he had created and it was good. And we have to remember that God himself did works. Oftentimes we talk about the work of God. We would talk about <clears throat> the work of the Holy Spirit. We talk about God working in our lives. And so if we were made in God's image and likeness and all was good, then we ourselves have a purpose, a work that we do, that God has given to us. And it even says that in the second chapter of Genesis, verse 15 to 16, I had to go look it up. But he says, that he put Adam and Eve in the garden to care and to cultivate it. So Adam and Eve had something to do. 
then we have the fall. And so work became different. And even after the fall, God acknowledges this, telling Adam one of the effects that it would have on him is that you would now work by the sweat of your brow. In other words, work was going to be hard. Work was maybe being considered burdensome and oppressive. We got out of a normalcy, so to speak, of being integrated with the work that God gives to us. And that work, by the way, is part of our being in the image and likeness of God. Because if that's where Adam and Eve were, and they had to cultivate and care for the garden, that was part of that image and likeness that he implanted in us. So work is good, but then it became distorted in the fall. And we can see that maybe in the Israelites being enslaved by the Egyptians, uh, where they talk about the burdensome and heavy work that was placed upon them. And then Jesus comes, and Jesus redeems work, because Jesus redeems all that was lost in our living in God's image and likeness, including labor. So it is part of our economy of salvation. It is part of how we are refashioned by God into his image and likeness. But we still struggle with it. Like any virtue, we call that work ethic, huh? A good work ethic. We struggle with it. What's too much? What's too little? Some people who are maybe too much or workaholics, too little, we would think of them as lazy, right? And so we struggle with it. But hopefully God can transform that into something that gives us contentment. And when I speak of work, I am not just speaking about employment. Certainly that's part of it. But employment, obviously, is an important thing that goes to the greater good of being able to live in God's image and likeness. Maybe it's to support a family. Maybe we have particular gifts that the world appreciates. Not all gifts does the world appreciate. But you know what God does? And I think that's what the teacher who became the housekeeper over the summer was seeing, that her dignity was the same in God. It was just manifested in a different way. That's the way we have to look at it. Because God has given us a mission. And that's our gospel reading today, part of it. There's so much there. But when Jesus says, whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. So we're talking about discipleship. We have to embrace our cross. We have to pick up our own cross. And we as Christians tend to pigeonhole the cross into suffering. Well, yeah, Jesus suffered. And sometimes we suffer as well. But when we think of the cross, we should think of mission. And sometimes that mission can be good. It can be quite pleasant. It can be joyful. And so when we think of our work and what God has entrusted to us, maybe parents don't mind going out and throwing a baseball with their kid in the backyard. Maybe a mom doesn't mind changing a diaper in the middle of the night because it's part of what she does as part of her purpose. And Jesus himself in different places in the gospel, he'll be speaking to the apostles and say, you know, even though we're tired, we have to go to the next town because that's the purpose for which I was sent. He had a purpose. And if you think about it, a lot of our world is looking for a purpose. Now we know as Catholics that our purpose is to know and to love and to serve God and to be with him in eternal life. You know, but how is that concretely placed into our lives, but 
books have been written. I mean, I think of Rick Warren wrote a very popular book a few years back talking about the purpose-driven life and then the 40 days to do it. I said, well, we Catholics have that, huh? That's called Lent. It's called Lent. But when we think of purpose and refashioning, we have to remember that it's a process, but we have to look at our mission as a mission of salvation. And then the work that God gives to us, we can look at with hopefully a joy as opposed to oppression or being burdened. And so as examples, I'll use myself so I don't get in trouble with anybody. You know, uh, when I was a kid, I did not like taking out the garbage. I don't know if any of y'all have experienced that either personally or with your own children, but I did not want to take out the garbage. So when mom and I would say, take out the garbage, there was the rolling of the eyes and all the things that we did. And then I get out of high school, go to college, and I'm coming back as a lawyer, a young man, and I go and, you know, can you help and go take out the garbage? Yeah, sure. I was kind of indifferent to it. You know, go get it. It's not a big deal. It's only a few minutes. You're a little more mature and you recognize that you, you should help. And then in their old age, I would go back home and I'd pull up and I didn't have to go inside. If the garbage can was there and I knew it needed to go out, I did it without them asking and joyfully and happily because I could help them. The garbage can didn't change, I did. I had a new perspective and a new look on what was going on. As a priest, still struggle with this sometimes, not this particular thing, but other things. When I moved to Opelousas, our rectory was right next door to a hospital. And so guess who got all of the midnight calls to go to the hospital? And initially it was like, oh man, you know, and it got to the point, and this is not bad, you know, I wouldn't throw my, my clothes in the hamper at night. I would just hang them on the dresser because I didn't know if I was going to have to get dressed quickly and get over there. And initially it felt like a burden. It did. But then over time, and I just remember this, it would really be at this point when I'd go to the hospital and they all have those doors that slide open automatically. You know, when I would get there, the thought always crossed my mind, what is God teaching me in the family that had the goodness to call a priest to come help them in their time of need? And how am I gonna learn about Christ? And so I began to embrace it. I began to embrace it and still do to this day as an opportunity. We've all had experiences like that. Whether it's the mother who maybe a father gets up in the middle of the night and you know initially it's hard, but then you get used to it. So we're struggling to get labor and our work into a place of comfort or contentment. And that, that can happen. But if we look at it in the economy of salvation, that in that we are becoming closer and more in the image and the likeness of Christ, then our whole attitude changes about it, that this is a way that God is bringing me back to him, to be in union with him, to go to heaven, to have the hope that we ask for. And many times the mission that we're asked to do is daunting, no doubt about it. It can be tough. But at the same time, when we embrace it, and we are able to see that, wait, this is God's work in me. This is how I can help in the salvation of the world. It becomes different than what the world is saying about being just about maybe more money or just about more prestige or more power. It becomes all the more important that we're comfortable in it and we're content. But we have to have the humility to get to the virtue, to get to the contentment. And so as we reflect this Labor Day, 
we ask God in our responsorial psalm today, when we think of our mission, the end it says, proper, prosper the work of our hands. Prosper the work of our hands. What does that mean? And prosperity for us as Christians is growth in Christ. And so if we allow God to use labor and mission and purpose in our life and stay rooted there, the odds of us becoming discontent become less and less and less. And so as we think of the celebration of labor today, a part of our dignity, a part of the way God has made us to, to work and to be happy, to reflect upon our labor. Do we have it in proper balance? Too much, too little? Are we able to see God working in whatever task he has assigned us? Are we willing to have the humility to understand that's his work in us, and if we cooperate, we can then be truly happy? And are we willing to maybe take on a challenge that we don't see in ourselves that maybe God sees in us, that he sees what we can do by putting us in certain circumstances where we believe that we're the one, we're the one he's asking to do this. And in that way, as I said, our lives can become much more happy here on earth so that we can become hopefully saints with him in heaven.